Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You do what works. For you, and if you need to cross stitch some of that shit and hang it up on your wall or make it into a pillow, then you have to do that. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. We are going to address this week. Both John and I have experienced some disappointments which probably compare in no way to what some of the people in Texas are experiencing, considering we're recording this after the hurricane. During, after, I think it's still raining raining in some parts of Texas. About what, in times of crisis and in times of despair, how do we, what do we do for self-care? What do we do so that we are not consumed by the tragedy, not consumed by the, the depths of things? Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, I mean, really just, especially in times of tragedy and despair, but I think just in general, this just idea general. of self-care. I think the the real problem is that people hit these moments of disappointment or tragedy, and they can be really minor or really major. It doesn't really matter. I think it kind of depends on how they hit you and, and when they hit you. Mm-hmm. But those moments come, and then people immediately turn to self-care and then things turn around and the self-care stops. And I think that's a big problem because it's, it's not just to me and I'm definitely one of those people, but I think it's not just a coping mechanism. I think it needs to be a life change. I think with, with better continuous self-care, then you don't get quite as low in those moments of tragedy. I will admit that last year in the depths of what I was experiencing, self-care like I was, I was basically waving my middle finger at that, the idea of it, like <laughs> who has time for that shit? Right. Like I, I was so low that it was like, don't even ask me to go do something nice for myself because I don't fucking deserve it. And I don't have time and I don't have the energy. And um, I was actually mad at the concept when actually that component, if I had changed my whole thinking about it, could have made things possibly better for me. Absolutely. Well, do you think yeah. a, a portion of that was because you and and I'm I'm guessing or asking here, maybe you were, but you know, because you weren't great at self care before reaching the lowest low. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think self care takes on many different forms. I think I was falsely under the knowledge or under the impression that getting to have these experiences through my job like getting to go to these different places, like getting to go to Berlin to speak and getting to go to New Zealand to speak. Like that was a self, like that's an indulgence. It's work, but it's still like I get to go visit this beautiful city, not realizing that it was work. The physical toll that it took on my body required a different kind of self-care to offset that. Which isn't to say that those things were bad necessarily. No. They were good. You just needed a way to cope with them at the same time rather than right. relying on them to cope. And I guess I guess the, the, at the core of self-care, self-care shouldn't be something that you're coping with, right? Right, exactly. 
No, if you have to cope with your self-care, there's a much there's a much bigger problem. <laughs> You're just creating more problems. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting point because you know, those things in some ways were were good and were escapes. And you got to you got to see these great places and travel and that is good. But you needed self-care around that to keep yourself going. Mm-hmm. Because that that's just what you needed. And I think all too often people find themselves in a situation like that where you were traveling a lot and it was, in, despite the fact that it was incredible, it was also incredibly draining. And I think yes. instead of finding self-care that can kind of work to balance that, people jump ship. It's like a black or white. This is a This is a bad thing. I need to stop. And in some situations, that is the case, I think. But other times it's just a matter of, you know, saying, is it, is it really bad or am I just not integrating it into my life in a way that works? So what do you do? What, what do you do for self-care? That's, um, <laughs> that's a really great <laughs> you, question. Putting you on the spot. I'm trying to figure that out. And I think it's, it's an interesting thing to talk about because everybody that I talk to about it has a different suggestion about what works for them. You know, a lot of people, and I think I mentioned this early, early, early on in this podcast, you know, when, when my relationship with Heather fell apart, that people said, well, you should write, you should journal. And for me as a writer, that kind of loses its luster Mm -hmm. because it doesn't have that same therapeutic quality. But recently I've found that it can have that therapeutic quality if I write different things. Instead of, instead of just you know, journaling some nonfiction or coming up with short stories. If I change how I think about my writing and write differently, that has been an incredible form of self-care. Really? Which is weird. And it's not even that I'm good at what I'm doing, but it's just my brain is working differently and that's kind of helping me process things through writing. Right. So I never, I never write anything lyrical, like songs, poetry, nothing, because I'm not good at it. I'm not good at that either. But that's don't, what I've started doing. Don't ask doing. me to write a fucking song, man. People who can write lyrics, good God, that is a talent. Right. Well, people who can write them well, that is a talent. I've written several. I, they're awful, but it's a way for me to process through writing because it forces my brain out of that normal habit of the writing that I typically do. And I think it's been really beneficial. So there's that. I still run. I've I've run every day for the last 12 days. Really? Yeah. How far? Uh, they're not far. I ranged three to five miles per run. So nothing really lengthy, but I just, I've been trying to run every single day. More for the mental mental benefits than for the physical benefits at this point. Oh yeah. Exercise for me is all about the, the mental aspect of things. Yeah. Compl- I think any, any physical benefit that I get from it is kind of like a bonus mm-hmm. because the mental benefit is incredible. So writing, running, and you know, some Eastern philosophical podcasts have been really (laughs) beneficial. And each of these things has come from a different source, like a different person that I've turned to, you know, in, in times of crisis or times of need. And they've said, have you tried this? Let me send you this. Have you tried that? Why don't you give that a shot? And that's, what's so fascinating to me is that there's so many different things that you can do for self-care that vary from person to person that might not work at all for you, but might work completely for somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. I do recommend the podcast, though. Those have been pretty great. Do you know the names? I know the name of the the woman. I'll see if I can pull it up in my app right now. But her name is Tara Brock. Okay. I am going to pull it up right now because they were awesome. 
Like I listened, it was three, three in particular that I listened to back to back. I mean, like three hours back to back in the shower while I was cooking. I mean, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop In the them. shower. Do you yes. have a. <laughs> I, I have a shower head with a speaker. So yeah. Amazing. Yes. That's amazing. That's an amazing thing to know. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But so, you know, music in the shower is self-care or podcasts in the shower, self-care. But it, the woman's name is Tara Brock, and this three-part series is from 2015, and it's called The Three Liberating Gifts. Three Liberating Gifts. Part one is forgiveness, part two is inner fire, and part three is looking in the mirror. And they're awesome. I mean, okay. I guess you have to kind of be at least curious about, you know, kind of Eastern philosophy and meditation and things like that in order to enjoy them or, or go into it with an open mind. But I've learned with things like these that even if even if you only get five minutes of really solid, usable content out of that hour, then it was an hour well spent. Right. I will definitely check that out. I think I need to go back and read that. I recommended a book last year about Chinese philosophers, and I need to go back and read it. You need to be reminded. I was telling you this last week after we um, recorded that I printed out so, so I read uh, You're a Badass by Jen Sincero on my Kindle. And they have a, a feature where you can export all of your highlights and mail them to somebody, email them. So I exported them, emailed to my, them to myself, and I printed them out. And it was over 17 pages of highlights. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And are they broken up, like, by page or? No, they're just broken up by, like, there's just things that I highlighted, like this is an, a, a really, really great insight into something. And I'm actually, I told you this, I'm going to actually fucking cut them out and tape them to the mirror in my room and tape them to the refrigerator and tape them into the mirror in the bathroom. Like things you just need to like remember, like don't let other people steal your energy and like your energy is yours and it, you should spend it on the things that are really important to you. You know, the, just being reminded of those things as you go through the mechanics of day-to-day -day life. It's a great idea. It's just funny, though, because I feel like that's the sort of thing that both of us would have viciously mocked. <laughs> I know. Like, hardcore. And I'm going to viciously mock myself when I do it. I should get a really fancy serif font and do some, like, calligraphy. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should cross-stitch it. I don't know. To a degree, though, it's funny because... I still mock it because I feel like I shouldn't have to have those reminders plastered everywhere. Like I should know these things, right? They're very simple. Like most of them are very simple. I have totally forgot about this, but in my, in my wallet, I have the little paper tab from the end of like a chamomile tea bag, you know, the little paper end on yeah. the other end of the string. And it says, I don't have my wallet with me, but I think it says love is the ultimate law. Just a r totally ridiculous inspirational statement. And I read it. And as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to take this off the teabag. I'm going to save this. This is great. Wait, love is the ultimate loss? No, love is the ultimate law. L-A-W. Okay. And I, I know that that's not 100% correct. And I wish I could read it right now. But I've kept it. It's been in there for weeks. And it's not even that I take it out regularly. But I know that it's there. You know that it's there. And I remember, even like right now, I don't remember word for word, but I remember the essence of it. And I, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, I would have just thrown that away and not even cared. And saying this out loud and admitting that I have 
a rectangle of paper from a tea bag in my wallet is ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's not. But it is self-care. You like you do what you have to do. You do what works for you. And if you need to, you know, cross stitch some of that shit and hang it up on your wall or make it into a pillow, then you have to do that. I was trying to explain to someone this morning. He was asking me. He's like, "Well, so what are the major what are the two major stresses in your life?" I was like, "Well, making money and taking care of my kids." The number one stress is balancing those two things. I get lost in the mechanics of trying to manage both of those things that I, you don't remember the things that you that that are obvious, right? Like, hey, just you know, like take take a minute and take a minute for yourself and breathe. Like I sometimes am for, like forget to fucking breathe because I'm like I'm trying to go from here to here to here to here to here and take care of the mechanics of raising two children while paying the bills. That's what I that's why I love that book so much and I love the the quote so much is because and and I want to put them up so that I'm constantly reminded like Heather just take a moment and yes this is a stressful balancing act but you're we're, we're doing it give yourself credit we're doing it one thing that really really made me was part of my depression last year was dating in Utah yes we'll just go back to that for a second it's always worth mentioning that one I think <laughs> and having to arrange childcare for that it was i just I would, it would cost me so much money to go on a date that i would eventually not want to be on and so i stopped and i, I basically stopped going out period because it was so difficult to arrange my life so lita turned 13 and expressed interest in wanting to babysit some more and my god it has changed my life <laughs> that freedom you mean yes Yes, I can leave my house. I am no longer a caged animal. I can leave. I can go to the grocery store without them while they're I can leave them on a Saturday and go to the grocery store. I can leave them and say, Hey, I need to go run this errand. Or hey, there's a concert tonight. You need to put Marlo to bed. Except that she put Marlo to bed and she didn't put her in pajamas. <laughs> oh, I remember you saying that, yeah. <laughs> and she didn't sing her the right songs and she didn't say goodnight the right way. Mom would have known how to do this. And she tried to make Leah feel as bad as possible. <laughs> but everything was fine in the big picture. Yes. And I think that's kind of, you know, when you mentioned like your, your biggest stressors or your biggest worries were making money and making sure that your kids are okay. And I think it's really easy to get caught up in a place in your own head where everything you do is motivated by or controlled by fear. What if I don't make enough money this month? What if yes. my kids aren't okay? What if I did this wrong caring for them? And there's all these what if scenarios that haven't happened and probably won't happen. But because they're such stressful ideas, they control what you do and they end up controlling your actions and changing your actions and kind of changing who you are, I think. Yeah. It's a weird cycle to get your brain to a place where you just kind of acknowledge that you'll you'll cross that bridge when you get there. Yes. <laughs> when you get there. <laughs> Except that you're constantly obsessed with like, what am I going to do when, when I cross that bridge? <laughs> well, and I guess it's not even like cross that bridge when you get there, but it's cross that bridge if I have to. And I might not have to. I might not have to cross it at all. I might not have to cross it for 20 years. So if I don't have to cross it for 20 years, why would I spend every day of the next 20 years 
worried about crossing it because you're, you're going to cross it anyway and you can't do anything about it until you do. And I think stepping back and talking about it like we are now, it's really easy to recognize that. Mm-hmm. But it's ridiculously difficult to recognize that in the moment. Like in your day-to-day life when you're constantly motivated by this fear that causes you to respond in this fight or flight way. And neither is good because I think if you take the flight option, you end up you know, avoiding things or losing things that were amazing for you. And if you take the fight option, you know, you, you risk ruining those things, pushing people away, whatever, whatever. I mean, both options lead to, or can potentially lead to bad results. And it's all from fear. Last year's depression was definitely led by fear and despair and coming out of that, I feel a lot more energy to, I feel a lot more energy to fight, which is a different, more positive feeling. Again, this, this freedom of being able to go hang out with friends. Another part of my self-care as well as having friends come over and hang out. For the longest time, I've, ha- I've had the nighttime routine that I do with my kids. And we're slowly getting to the point where it's not as, there aren't as many details because the kids can take care of it themselves. And so I can have a friend over and I don't have to interrupt the conversation that we're having because my kids can actually do certain things themselves. That freedom is... Oh my God. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced it too, right? The freedom of independence, you mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. I cannot overstate what it has given me as a, just as a, as a, as a, a woman, as a, as a friend, we've discussed this. I, I felt bad uh, about how bad of a friend I had been to people because I was so consumed with just making sure that my life didn't fall apart. And it's almost this gift of Lita turning 13 and Lita being able to have all this responsibility. It's like this gift that, that my child has given me, which is I can now um, respond when a friend is in crisis. I can now, you know, hang out with a friend and listen to a friend when a friend needs an ear. And I don't have this struggle of, well, who am I going to get to take care of my kids? Who, 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 who? That struggle is gone. I'm so, like, I've, I've told Lita this, like, thank you so much for wanting this responsibility. I am rewarding her. <laughs> I'm keeping track of her hours and she's earning money toward an iPad that she wants to get because she left her iPad. She had one, but she left it on the plane back when she came home from Christmas from New York. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a good day. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there's nothing re- like bad with rewarding her for that though. I mean, she's She's doing something she wants to do and she has a goal in mind, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I would imagine that even when she has then saved up enough for that, she's not going to stop. No. She'll realize, well, I, I have this now I can save or I want to do this with my friends or whatever. I mean, it's it's you you get paid when you work and that's what she's doing. And it just so happens to be providing you with some excellent self-care. Excellent self-care. You actually sent me a song by The National. Is it yesterday? Yes. Music is a big, big part of my self-care. I was able to continue listening to music and discovering new music last year, but this year I'm actually getting out of the house and going and seeing live music, which to me is one of the greatest experiences in the world is seeing bands play live. That's another gift that Lita has given me. I've, I've been to, my God, how many concerts have I been to in the last month? I don't know. And in the month coming up, I have like seven or eight shows to go to. Oh, wow. 
yeah, of bands that I love, love, you know, discovering new music and making playlists and sharing that music. Even with my kids, it, it brings me kind of a meditative joy during the day. Yeah, I think music has always been an important form of self-care for me, whether I realized it or not. It's been something that's just always been there. And I think what's interesting about music is that it's one of those forms of self-care that can be incredibly destructive, but also beneficial. I mean, music music can tear you apart from the inside. <laughs> yes, I mean, all, all the time, but it's something, it's catharsis, right? I mean, it's most of the music that I listen to all the time, regardless of mood, tends to be sad. I don't, I don't know why it's been that way forever. So when I'm in a, a great mood, I love listening to it. I love the music. I love dissecting the lyrics. I like learning about the bands and the musicians and the, the songwriters. And I really enjoy that. But then when you're, when you're in a point or at a point where you really need self-care and you turn it on and it's devastating music, it's, it's really hard to listen to, but it's you need it. Horrifying. It's horrifying. It's one of the worst things in the world. But the it's best one of the thing. worst things in the world. Yeah. So my mother's brother, um, Uncle Danny, he died two years ago. And was it two or three years? Two two years ago. He got diagnosed with leukemia and he was dead within two weeks. It's a really tragic story. Oh, wow. And he was the father to three of my cousins uh, who live in Texas, who are actually safe. They got a little, they were in Dallas and in Austin and they got some rain, but nothing like they got in Houston. I saw them in Austin earlier uh, this summer with my kids and my uncle Danny was uh, a curmudgeon, a lovable, horrifying curmudgeon. <laughs> he was very critical, but very funny said the grossest nastiest things but did it in a, in such a loving way like you you loved you loved to hate him but you loved him right of the three kids that they that of the three boys you would never have expected the oldest his name is robert he is the most like his dad and we were all sitting around talking and i was explaining to them that you know i had fallen in love to with someone through music and that I had dated this person and we had made weekly playlists for each other. And and when the relationship ended, I couldn't listen to the music anymore. And like I was trying to express what, what it did to me, like how it would like stab me in the heart. And he looks over and he's like, <laughs> that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> <laughs> you did what? You fell in love to music? That's stupid. And I was like, oh, my God, your dad is alive through you. That's exactly oh, something Danny Boone would have said. And he, he still ribs me about it. But but when you fall in love to music and then that love is no more, it's it really is one of the worst things in the world. I think when you meet someone, and this isn't necessarily just music, but someone who shares that connection, in, in this case, music, you, you both loved music. And music has come to prominence in my life in, in a lot of different ways over the last year um, and changed and flip-flopped. And I think when you, when you find someone and you share that similar connection, you know, music transitions from being simply self-care to being, I don't, I don't know, like almost like joint care. 
in a really weird mm-hmm. way. It takes on a whole new life. And if right. you're not into music, then that it doesn't make any sense. So to hear that that was his response, I totally get it, 100%, because some people just aren't. I've met people, and we'll talk about music, and they're like, yeah, I don't really listen to music. You know, I'll turn the radio on, and that's fine. Yeah. And I don't understand that at all. Like, I can't, I can't comprehend it. When I was dating here in Utah, <laughs> I always say it that way, <laughs> dating in Utah, there were like these exceptions. I'm like, you know, maybe I don't have to be on the same political spectrum as somebody, or maybe I don't have to be on the same page of, of as music of, as somebody. Like maybe those things don't matter. And then I thought that, that I was interested in this one person and he was like, send me some, some, some of the stuff that you're listening to. And I sent him this list of songs and he sent me a list of his songs and I I was like no I can't be with this person (laughs) oh that bad really (laughs) oh yeah I felt so judgmental and realized I may be judging I may be a really judgmental person about like really stupid things but I don't think music is necessarily a stupid thing to be judgmental about because I'm not sure that I would ever be able to go on a road trip with somebody and listen to Garth Brooks the entire time. I would murder everyone in the car. I would. Or, and then I would crash the car. Like, I don't, I don't think I could do that. And I listen to music all the time. I Like, when I'm making dinner and the kids are at home and we're relaxing, I have music on all the time. There's no way that I would be able to live my life if any of the music coming out of those speakers was Garth. (laughs) See, I feel similarly about Garth Brooks. But I think I've gotten myself to a point more recently where the musical interests don't even have to be the same. But I think if there's a similar passion for music and an openness yes. to that passion, right. then it's then it's all right. I mean, you could if I meet someone and all they listen to is, I don't know, rap and country, which are two genres that I don't listen to very often, but they're really open and interested in what I listen to, I, I will be the same. And I can be the right. same. And I can find songs in genres that I don't normally like and find value in them, whether it's whether it's the music, whether it's the lyrics, whatever. It's, I think when you, at that point, you kind of, you're beyond just liking musical artists. It's to a point where you you just appreciate the music in a way that's kind of hard to describe. And I'm not a music snob by any stretch. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
do you listen to, like, when I'm listening to music, the first thing that usually hits me about a song that resonates with me is the sound. And I, I love all types of music. I love some country music. And I love some hip hop. And I love pop, whatever. Like, it's the sound of the song that, that talks to me first. And then it's the lyrics. That's the that's the that's how it goes for me. So the sound of the song, as in the music itself. Yeah, what the music is, how the music is making me feel, like the sound itself, and the the lyrical content comes next. And so that's how I appreciate, like that's how I analyze, that's how I appreciate music, and it that's what makes me go and I try to study like how somebody. I I we're, we're diverging, but this is really important. So there's there's this one song by a band called The War on Drugs, and I posted about it on my website last week. And the song um, is like a, it's just a, a classic kind of rock ballad, and it grows and builds and builds and builds and builds for six minutes. And how he builds the song is so incredible to me. What he does in terms of building it. And each time I listen to it, I hear something else he's added. And the best part of it, the best part of this song is what he doesn't do. Like he could, he could, he could do so much more in the song, but the restraint that he shows it to me is such a beautiful expression. Like that's how deep I get into music. (laughs) And we've talked about this, not on the podcast, but we've talked about how that the build for you is critical. The music that you listen yes. to. And it's critical. I mean, it's it's my favorite thing about songs. Songs that build. I, I mean, you could have a really, really crappy song, and if it builds, I'm going to jam to it. <laughs> it's just a, it's an automatic <laughs> button in me. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, for me, it's the lyrics. But I think it's kind of unfair to say that, because I do think it's the the music and the vocals that pull me in to want to know the lyrics, yeah. but it's not a, it doesn't take any time. It's like instantaneous. I will hear three words and be like, this is awesome. I need mm-hmm. to understand what this is about and why and how it's being said immediately. And, yeah. and once it's, if, if an artist catches me on one song like that, I will dissect every song in the album. Really? Like I will pull up the lyrics. I will look at them because I I like I like lyrics. I like songwriting. I like how little space there is to get your message across, but how you can get that message across with the lyrics and the music and how they kind of play together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I know I've talked about this. Lita was asking me yesterday morning, a song was on a playlist and she's like, where did you hear the song? Where did you find it? I said, you know, Spotify does the Discover Weekly on Monday, and then they do the Release Radar on Friday. And those are awesome so, lists, by the way. Man, their algorithm is, is just... Incredible. Their algorithm is, like, really creepy. Yeah. Like, they get it right all the time. They're getting it right all the time. My morning routine is I turn on either one of those playlists, and I start playing the music. And just like you, like, within the first, like... 12 or 13 seconds of a song, I know I'm going to like it or not. And usually, um, although like I, I, I say that, but like Radiohead, a lot of like most of my favorite Radiohead songs are 
songs that require repeated listenings in order to really appreciate them. With my morning routine, um, I'll, I'll turn on one of those playlists, and if I hear a song, I'll add it to my next month's playlist, and then I won't listen to the rest of it. I'll skip to the next song. Interesting. So that when September comes around, I download the September playlist to my to my phone, and that's what we listen to in the car. And so there's all the, there's like 50 new songs that we all get to listen to, and that I get to s- discover again. And to you, they're all familiar, but you haven't heard they're, them. They're all yeah. They're, I've heard you know 12 to 20 seconds of each one of them, and then they by the end of the month. My kids are singing the lyrics to these songs in the car. See, that is a that's a brilliant idea because I I mm-hmm. listen to those those Spotify playlists as well, and I never really considered doing anything like that, like for the month ahead. But that is fucking brilliant self care. Honestly, if music is is something that provides you with self care, yeah, that's incredible because you are creating something to look forward to 30 days from now or 10 days from now or tomorrow. And you know, I didn't even think that, I mean, that's exactly right. I didn't even put that together, that that's what I'm doing. It's incredible. I mean, you could look at the Discover Weekly and say, this is my self-care every week. Mm -hmm. And that's also great. But I think the way that you're approaching it, it just takes it to the next level because you're, you're creating it for yourself and you know that it's going to be there every month because you're doing it. Yeah. Interesting. I might have to steal that. That's an awesome idea. Um, there's just one song by an artist that I don't even know, but it's it comes on in the morning, and or Marlo asked me to play it, and I don't even know what the lyrics are. I really don't. But she is singing from the back seat into a coffee maker tortilla. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Getting the lyrics completely wrong, and it's glorious, and that's. When my kids enjoy my music, or my kids enjoy the food that I make, or my kids enjoy a joke that I tell, that to me is self-care too. Like, there's nothing greater in the world than my kids liking my music. I don't know. It's just a a wonderful spot of joy in my day. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Lexton and I have different tastes in music, and I think I've I've talked about this before. Yes. But it's it's been really interesting over the last even over the last year kind of talking to him about music and you know why he likes the music that he likes and and what it means to him and why he doesn't like the music that I like or some of it and where we're finding these common grounds it's it's been a really interesting process because I think it's helped me understand him and I think the reverse is true as well whether he realizes it or not and I don't really know what that says since most of the music I listen to is terribly depressing but i think music ends up providing an avenue for dialogue that you wouldn't normally have with your kids well absolutely and that's why i mean that's why i'm i'm so adamant about them doing piano um and understanding the nuances of 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 reading music and feeling it and playing it and hearing it and yeah i mean god i wish i had stuck with piano lessons god i wish i had God, I wish I could read music like my child. Right. Um, um, God, am I ever fucking dreading piano starting next week? Yeah. <laughs> now you need to, you really need to make sure that all of this self care is in place. Yes. To get through that. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Because homework started this week and 
there's some daunting third grade homework. And it's like, okay, I'm going to break out the Sincero quotes, do some meditation and figure out how to stay calm. And um, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> well, on my end, we're five days in. Mm-hmm. Well, today, today would actually be the sixth day. And it has already picked Lexton up and he's in the car. And before I even move, it's gotten to the point. I'm like, do you, do you have everything? Yep. Got it. No, no. I mean, everything, like everything you're going to need because we're not going to come back to get something. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Perfect. So we get home, pulls out math homework, reads it a couple of times. He's like, I'm, I'm sort of confused. I said, okay, well I'll read the directions and I read them and it's referring to this specific graph. I'm like, well, where's this graph? Oh, that's in my binder at school. Like, so how are you going to do the homework? Oh, and I can just see his whole face drop. And normally I probably would have lost it. I was just like, all right, put your stuff away. You can explain it to her tomorrow. I don't, it's not worth it. And I think that some of this really intentional self-care has kind of just gotten me to a point where I can go, eh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Even if it is only five days in. <laughs> I was I was actually at an event last night. My child my child put my other child to bed. She did put pajamas on her last oh, night. There we this go. is a good thing. I was at this uh, event for the local public radio station. And someone was like, how are your kids liking school? And I was like, well, we're only three days in. And she's like, don't they go to what the, that school and i'm like oh yeah we're eight days in what day is it i don't know <laughs> this is good this is actually a good this is a this is a positive development that i'm not so obsessing over every little day today 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 like okay so we're on the eighth day and how are we doing and did you get your words and your spelling done and like i'm just like easing i'm easing And I don't ease. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. No, I hear that. I don't do ease. And I'm feeling myself getting to that part, uh, maybe to that age where it's like, Heather, like there's no point in being the rigid black and white, which gets me to the dark place. You know, ease. Yes. The the gray areas are good. The gray areas are where everything exists it's it's super easy to get caught in the black or white and i think the black or white can work wonders in the short term but it's disastrous in the long term black or white just makes things easy in a hurry or hard in a hurry but if you can settle into the gray things really level out sometimes there's more work involved but things level out yes but again i'm only five days in now this could all change next week I could be completely yeah. losing my shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah. Like ne- next week is going to be um, when we, when they start piano. It's gonna it's gonna be difficult. It adds a layer to life that it it doesn't just add a, it it adds a dimension to life that it, that it has to be organized and controlled, and I have to be on top of it and. And I know people are just like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this to your life? And it's just the, it's just an important thing to me. You know, I've chosen this battle. I've chosen it. There are so many other battles that I have just like been like, nope, fuck it. I will 
not force my children to eat broccoli, you know? I won't even <laughs> force them to eat a goddamn vegetable. They don't eat vegetables. There are. I said it. I said it. They don't eat vegetables. <laughs> but they're alive. <laughs> they're alive. And, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's people who'd say, well, you should have them sit at the table until they eat the broccoli. And yeah, maybe you should. Or maybe it's okay that you don't. Like... Or maybe, you know, like my child for five years in a row has gotten a superior on both her concerto and her solo pieces. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. And she does her homework by herself. Right. And she was on, she got, a, she had straight A's for the last two semesters of her school, of seventh grade. But she doesn't eat broccoli, so. Broccoli can wait. That's right. And it will. Like, yeah. it will, it will happen. I, I remember these conversations way back before Lexton was out of diapers. Because there's all these different, well, you should, you should potty train. Like, he's got to get out of diapers. He's X age and he's going to, and people freak out. Like, they have these, this criteria. Like, your kids should eat every vegetable because whatever. And I don't remember who it was at the time, but it was someone who, who had older, older kids, not as old as me, but older kids. And I remember her just matter of factly looking at me and being like, he's not going to be in diapers when he's 16. So what's the big deal? And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Like, you just pick your battles. I don't, I don't really care because everything is really going well. And he isn't going to be in diapers at 16. And there will come a day where your girls eat vegetables. It doesn't have to be today. Like, it's not worth that fight. But something I think like piano, if they don't do it now, they won't. No. That's the difference. Not to say they couldn't, but the odds are just pretty slim. But I'd say in the next five to 10 years, they're probably going to eat vegetables. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, my God. I dated a guy in college who didn't, he, he I, think, I think he ate donuts. But that was like the entirety of what he ate. Maybe donuts and like dry pasta. And uh, what are they called? King Dons? Do you know what those are? No. Like the twin, it's not. It's in the it's in the family of the Twinkies. That King Dong is a um, it's one of those hostess snack things. Okay, yeah, like a snack cake. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. right? I remember he got invited to somebody's wedding who knew about his. He he just doesn't eat food. And he just doesn't eat food. Yeah, oh my he just, God. he's super weird about food and had had always been his entire life. And so the man is now like 26 years old and he's been invited to a wedding. And my f- my friend knew of his food issues. And when he served everyone this, you know, fantastic, lavish wedding, he actually brought out a plate of King Don's for this guy. Oh my, <laughs> are you kidding me? No, and this guy went on to marry a lovely woman and have three amazing children. And this is kind of, when everybody brings up the food issue to me with my kids, I just want to be like, people live successful lives being picky eaters. Right. <laughs> they do. Yeah. So you just you pick your battles. You have to. Yeah. And that's, that's a part of self-care too. It's kind of come full circle. That is totally part of self-care. You can absolutely lose your mind fighting everything. And it's not worth it. <laughs> I've tried. Oh, God, have I tried. It's not worth it. I mean, at all. Yeah. But do you think, though, I mean, it sounds like you've, I mean, we've both done a lot, I feel like, in the last month for self-care. Mm-hmm. But knowing that you have piano coming up and knowing what that's going to change in terms of your 
schedule and sanity. Do you think that you're doing enough self-care? Do you think that you need to change what you're doing? Do you think that cutting out those highlights and taping them around the house is going to be enough? Um, I, n- no, no, not, I definitely not. I think what I need to do is things have been all, all over the place with um, just getting them to school and, and getting them home and getting them back into the routine, getting back into the habit of all of the laundry and all of the grocery shopping. And, you know, it's just a matter of, like, I'm, there's still a lot of jumbled, jumbledness going on. And my God, the my, the house is getting smaller and smaller and smaller around us because they just brought home so much stuff. For me, self-care is like organizing things and living in a space where I know where things are. That is like one of the biggest forms of self-care for me is like if I walk into a room and I can see the countertop and I know where the keys are, that's what I need to do in the next few weeks is get everything get the routine going and getting it in order and getting the flow. And like I said to you, I'm going to start waking up earlier. I'm going to start waking up a half hour earlier. Which is huge. Huge. I, I think that you will find that is unbelievably beneficial. Yes. Um, I did that for the first two days. And then, of course, it was full throttle and I was real tired. <laughs> and I had gone to two concerts. There's that too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I'm too old for that shit. I am too old, but it's like one of my favorite things to do in the world is to go see music. Well, I think too though, the doing it like once or twice, you feel tired, sort of regardless of what you've done the day before. But when it becomes part of that routine, you can spring back. Even if you were at a concert late and then you still wake up a half an hour early, like your your morning brain knows that it's time. Yeah. It's it's interesting to to learn these things about yourself for self-care, like to, to have a house where you know where things are, the countertops are, are clear. The music, whether it's, it's running or exercise, whatever, I think it's tremendously important to learn these things about yourself. And then I think when, you, when you're in a relationship with someone or pursuing a relationship with someone, these things need to be kind of front and center. Like, these things are all really important to me in my life and I have to maintain them. And I, I, that sort of sounds like it goes without saying, but I think that that's, it's easy to lose sight of those things or to feel like this relationship or this person can replace X. Right. And that is, it will be disastrous for yourself and disastrous for the relationship. And it's a really easy trap to fall into, I think. Yeah. Unless that person listens to Garth Brooks, then Could. I know that's so judgmental of me. It was, but it in the end, like it's yeah, it said a lot about the person. Not anything bad about the person. It didn't say anything bad about the person at all. It was just highlight. It was it was it was a highlight of a difference that wasn't going to work out. Right. Yeah. Well, and that I mean that is a good if if music. And not a musical difference. Like it was a highlight of a difference in approach to life and a personality and a and a a way of going about life that wasn't going to work. And that was that music was sort of what sparked you to realize that. Yeah, the Garth Brooks was sort of an indication of a difference. I mean, I'm not going to stop dating somebody because they listen to Garth Brooks, but it was an indication of a bigger. Um, view on life let's say 
Right. Yeah. Well, and it was, I mean, I think we've talked about red flags before. It was a red flag. Mm-hmm. Not the Garth Brooks, but like you said, what that meant. Yeah. And I think because music is so central to your self-care, you're probably just, your awareness to that is heightened. Yes. Which is okay. Because to to ignore that, I think, when, when something is so central to who you are, would be problematic. So the point is that we should take time to do things for ourselves, especially during moments of despair and tragedy. Things that we don't, self-care that we don't need coping with. Self-care that actually brings us right. joy. Right. Yes. And, and we should be we should be doing these things during times of despair and tragedy, but we should be doing them constantly. Constantly. In part because you need to take care of yourself all the time, and in part because then it's not, you don't get into these times of tragedy and then have to scramble to find self-care that works. You already have a plan. You already have a playlist that you made from all of the Discover Weeklies from last month. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, thinking in advance. <laughs> You didn't even realize you were doing that. I know. I didn't even, I just was just doing it. Which is an awesome sign. Yeah. Look at us. We are on our shit. (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, we just have to keep up with self-care. Yes. I think. And it's easy to slip from that when when things start to feel better. Mm -hmm. But we need to constantly remind ourselves and each other probably that, you know, that self-care is a is a necessary thing all the time. We would love to hear what you do for self-care as minimal or as maximalist as it is. You can reach us at stories at manicramblings.com and find us online um, at manicramblings on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We would love to hear what you do to bring yourself moments of joy. And until next time cut out some quotes and tape them to your mirror all of your yes. mirrors yes. or or keep them in your wallet love is the ultimate law i'm gonna find out what that actually should be and maybe I i'll include like that when love, we post is the this. Ul- love is the ultimate loss <laughs> i think both of those are incredibly true actually yes. so that works out i should write that on the other side of that little score <laughs>Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.